0: Well, I want to welcome everybody that's watching online. Let's put our hands together. Everybody watching online, we're glad that you're here. Let's give it up for our Navarre campus. Let's put our hands together for them. We're glad that you guys are in Navarre today. And then also, our Blackwater campus. I got to be there last night. We're so glad that you guys are coming every week. And I just want to say that this is a great time. This is a great time to be here. It's a great time to be watching because we are wrapping up our series fit. Wrapping up this series fit. And we've been talking about that whole is the whole is the whole is the goal. And that God wants us whole. God wants us whole physically. He wants us whole physically. He wants us whole mentally. And he wants us whole relationally. And when those three things happen. And you're pursuing God, you're whole, spiritually. And that's what he wants. Well, the band continues to play for a quick minute. I want to tell, um, tell my big confession. I want to tell my big confession. Um, so the title of this message really is, is kind of part two of Relation Slips. And it's my big confession. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk today about something that I've struggled with. And maybe nobody in here has ever struggled with this. Maybe no one online has ever struggled with this. But this has been something that I have struggled with for quite some time. In fact, as long as I can remember. I remember my parents signing me up for t-ball. They asked me, they said, you want to play t-ball? And I was like, yeah, I want to play t-ball. Because when you play t-ball, you got a uniform. Man, y'all remember? What, what are those things that you put on over your socks? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Those things were just super cool. And so they had the uniform and I would get a new glove. And man, and I remember that day walking with my family and looking back on it, what should have been like I was so pumped up wasn't exactly so. First or second grade, probably first grade, probably, I don't think it was K-5. Maybe it was K-5. I don't know. But I, I, we're, we're signed up and played t-ball. And, and I get out there, and as I'm walking out there, I just remember thinking, I've, I've never played this before. I, I don't have a clue. i got a brand new glove. <laughs> what do I do, you know? I remember walking out there and getting on the field, and, and they were letting us go through some different exercises. And I remember there was this one guy. Now, this guy and I would be friends for a long time. But this guy's name was John. John. John looked like he'd been playing T-ball for 20 years. We get out there. They hit the ball to me. You know, I like running around trying to get to the ball right through my legs. John, mm mm-mm. They hit the ball a little harder to him. John runs to the ball, snags it, flips it up, catches it, throws it to first base. Of course, that kid caught it, looked amazing, and it was right then that I felt like he is better than me. What's your story? Thanks, guys. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate y'all. I could have y'all play the whole time, but y'all y'all need to do a rest, man. Give it up for Boogie over here on the drums, man. Appreciate all you guys. And John, John, this is his son. How about that? Do you know that? It's John's son, John, over here. Caleb on the keys, buddy. Give it up for Caleb. And Miss Katie Joe, give it up for Katie Joe over here. Here's the truth. I don't want to prolong that story, but, but maybe for you, when you find that story, that story has kind of overrun your story. And there was a moment that you can go back. Maybe for you it was in middle school. Maybe it was elementary. Maybe it was high school. And there came a point, there was some point in your life, where you started looking to the right and to the left. And you felt like, I don't measure up. See, that's what we do. We, we compare, don't we? Like, we compare. Some, who taught us to compare? No, no one, I mean, this, this was, this was. K-5, first, second grade, I'm going out, first grade probably, T-bar, I'm going out there. No one, no one told me he was better than me. I'm, I'm a little kid, but I just pick up on the fact that this kid's better than I am. And all of a sudden I felt less. See, for some of us here today, you're a teenager, you're in middle school, maybe you're in elementary and you got bullied. You got bullied because of this, or you got bullied because of that. Maybe you got bullied because of your weight. Maybe you got bullied because your family was wealthy and you had the nice clothes, and so the kids thought, well, we'll just gang up and pick on him. And Maybe you got bullied or picked on. You didn't get accepted. You weren't in the clique because you were beautiful. I think we all, if we got real honest, I think we all would say, you know what, we probably all... Wanted to be like the cool kids. But you know what we find out? What we find out so many times is that the kids we thought were real cool are still trying to be cool. Y'all need to hear this if you're in school. I really want to help today. In two weeks, I'll be flying to Wisconsin doing a, a student retreat in, uh, in uh, Wisconsin with a lot of snow and a lot of students. And I love students. I love our students. We had five students get saved at the crew. We had five students get saved this past Wednesday. And over 100 teenagers. Holy cow. I love teenagers. And teenagers struggle with this. They struggle with this. Boy, my son, I'll be honest with you. He's awesome. He's phenomenal. Jaden. He's in fifth grade. But, but it, it starts real young, doesn't it? I get any text that he gets on his little iPad, I get it on my phone. So I can read all his text messages, and I read this text message the other day. He was talking to one of our um, staff kids, and he said, he said, um, man, why were you laughing at me at lunch with your girlfriends? You know, it was a girl and her girlfriends. Why were you laughing at me at lunch? And she's like, I wasn't laughing at you. Why did he go there? Why did you? Why did I? You know why? Because there's this tension in our life that we begin to stare at other people and when we stare we're quick to compare we stare and we think we think she's skinnier he's taller i was called shrimp that was my first nickname i had several nicknames hot dog was one of them twiggy was one of them twiggy was one of them you know why they call me twiggy i bet you have no idea i was so skinny I remember working with all these teenagers at this camp, and uh, we were serving. We were there to serve all summer, and we had signed up for $10 a week. I mean, who could beat that? Who would resist that? And uh, live in a dorm with no AC, working in a hot kitchen with no... I mean, come on. We were signing us up today. We were all about investing early. And uh, I'd never forget... One of the guys, he liked me, and, and, and to be there, I was eighth grade getting ready to go into ninth, but everyone had to have a nickname, and there were some guys that their nickname, you didn't want the nickname. I mean, the nickname was a little embarrassing, you know, and then this guy, uh, one of my friends was like, all right, we got your nickname. We're going to call you Twiggy because your arms are so, they're like a twig. There's just, it's just no shape to them at all. And I remember back then, I mean, that wasn't a great Twiggy, right? Who wants to be called Twiggy, right? But I remember with that nickname, Twiggy, I remember comparing it to other names and thinking, I'm all right. I'm all right. It could be worse. It could be worse. You know, I won't say some of the names. But we compare. We do this as little children. Little children, we do this. Mom and dad say, okay, okay. We got some ice cream and you race in there and you try to beat your brother's sister and they give you your bowl, but but you just glance at your bowl real quick, but you stare at their bowl because you're trying to figure out who's got more. You know what I'm talking about, right? Parents, you know what I'm talking about. There's this thief called comparison. There's this trap called comparison, and the truth is we probably all have fallen in to it. And listen to this, teenagers. It doesn't just stop because you graduate high school. If you struggle with this, would you stand up every location, every location right now? Would you stand up? Let's see how many people are honest. Would you stand up every location? That's right. That's right. Just stand up. All right. Now watch this. Turn around and look. I want you to turn and find one person, tell them your name, and say, I'm addicted to comparison. (laughs) My name's Tim. I'm addicted to comparison. Addicted to comparison. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Navarra, I hope you stood. Did you stand? Did you tell somebody? Yeah. It doesn't just go away. In fact, comparison is like an appetite. The more you feed it, the longer it's there to stay. How do we get rid of comparison? How do we do that? what, What do we do? I mean, because this stuff is like glue. It just sticks. It just hangs around. And we don't like it. We wish that it Wasn't there. We wish it wasn't part of our life. But the truth is we struggle with it. We struggle with it. And the truth is we've struggled with it for a long time. And the truth is that Jesus can set us free. There's the hope today. There's the gospel that Jesus can set us free. See, when we look around, we wonder, how am I doing? And by the way, our culture baits us to this, right? Like, we want to do well. Hello, what's today? Super Bowl Sunday. No, today is the day that Kristen told me this morning. She said, Pastor Tim, you led me to Jesus 13 years ago today. That's the day. That's the day. There just happens to be a Super Bowl today. But that's greater than all the money they'll spend on the Super Bowl. I mean, what would a man give in exchange for a soul? Right? Yeah, but there is the Super Bowl today. Who's going for North Carolina? Let me let me hear you. Anyone going for North Carolina? Phenomenal football team. Holy cow! Cam, C A N. What did I say? I'm sorry, Carolina. I say North Carolina. Carolina Panthers. I'm sorry. We're not talking about the Tar Heels. But some people clap. They're like, I love the Tar Heels. I love them. I love that baby blue. Spencer, you the man. <laughs> right? Where's Daryl? Daryl in the house? Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. I said, yeah. Yeah, the, the Panthers, man, they got a great team. I was that guy behind bars last night, and they're walking up, and they're like, Cam Newton fixing to, <laughs> you know, we're having a good time, man. We're having a good time. How many, how many going for uh, the Broncos, Denver Broncos? How many want Peyton Manning to go out on top? I figure there might be a few people love Jesus here today. That's what I was thinking. Y'all know he's a Tennessee Vol for life, right? Just make sure y'all know that. It's going to be a great game. But even with the Super Bowl, man, you, got, you have media leading all the way up to it. And, man, everyone's talking. And what are they doing? They're comparing, right? I mean, that's the world we live in. The world we live in compares. And if we're not careful, we will get sucked into comparison, and it's a trap, and it's easy to fall into and it's hard to get out of. It's a trap. it's a thief. It will steal you of happiness, it will rob you of joy. It will rob you of peace, because you're always thinking about her, not her, her. You're thinking that they're tanner, they're skinnier. They're happier, look at their Facebook. You know, Facebook is just like a highlight reel, right? I mean, most of us don't put the crap on there, right? Now, I've met a few people. <laughs> They'll update you every, I think I got a bowel movement. Where's Facebook. Oh, just had to let it all out. Feel better now. I didn't just share it with the friends. I shared it with the world. Had to get into the Jim Carry to pull that one out. We look at him and, and we do. We think he's taller, they're richer. They're hipper. Hello. they're uh, cooler, she's sweeter. They're popular, they must be better. How am I measuring up? And you know, if we're not careful, it gets us into all kinds of problems. And we can have great relationships that when we fall into the comparison trap, I mean, you can go to group. You can go to community group because you need community And you can walk in a community group because you love Jesus. You want to be a a Jesus follower. And you're in group and all of a sudden you start comparing. Right? Like you come to church and it can happen. You know it happens at the mall. You see it at the mall, right? You want to do something fun, just, just waste like 10 minutes of your life and just go sit in the middle of the mall. You know, I'm not talking about like in the middle of Dillard's. But I'm talking about, you know, find a chair and have a seat and watch people. And they're, you know, watch people. And they're watching people, they're comparing. One person's got one Starbucks, someone else has two. They're 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 looking, they're looking. And and they're walking by and, and everybody's staring. And and if we're not careful, we fall into this, and then our relationships will end up being relation slips. Because we were fine till they got a new car. We we were fine till they got. A bigger house, or, or what about this one? We were fine till we went to their house. Like we were friends, and then we walked to their house, and they had a 12 foot door. <laughs> do, do, do you want me to take my shoes off? I, mean, I, just, I don't want to get any dirt in your house. And we walked we were fine till we saw, I mean, our kitchen was cool, right? I mean, it was all right. Had a little stainless going on, right? Don't you have to have stainless to have a kitchen and in, in how it goes? And we were fine till we saw their newly renovated kitchen. And then all of a sudden, we started making a list, checking it twice. You with me today? Comparison is a thief, and it's a common problem. And my big confession is I've struggled with it since I was a kid. And I still do. In fact, out of all the battles that I fight, I would say that this would be one of my greatest battles. I I wrestle with this thing. You know, Paul said these words. He said, I die daily. You know why he said that? Paul said, the things that I should do, I don't. And the things I shouldn't, those are the things that I end up doing. And I'm just so thankful. That's why I, one of the reasons why I believe in the Bible. I mean, here's a guy who murdered Christians, and now he has an experience. God opens his eyes. He does a 180. He writes over half the New Testament. And he's humble enough and transparent enough to say, I struggle. Bad. this guy wrote half the New Testament and he says I still struggle anyone out there today you still struggle I've got really good news when, when we get to heaven we're going to be perfect but until then we're not perfect we're just forgiven but we have the power to walk in freedom and freedom We'll keep you from re- relation slips and will help you in your relationships. That's what freedom will do. We talked about it last week. Talked about serving one another. We'll serve one another in love. We talked about the different relation slips. Well, I would say probably the most common one is the one I struggle with, the one you struggle with. And I just really hope today that you'll hear a few things that I want to say. There's no win. In comparison, there's no win. You gotta write that down. You can remember that. We just sushi sized it. That's the message. Sushi sized. There's no win in comparison. We don't win, nobody wins. I don't win. You don't win. We don't win in comparison. We watch kids and with their food, or sometimes in sports, or Christmas. All you gotta do is have kids, right? At Christmas time, they're opening their presents, and then their best friends come over. What did you get? Well, I got this. Well, I got that. Well, I got this. Well, I got that. Well, I got this. Well, I got that. Well, I got a new car. You're five. Comparison's a trap. It's a thief. Let's go to Galatians five nineteen through twenty one. Galatians five nineteen through twenty one. It is obvious. What kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way? I'm going to read this from last week, then we're going to pick up 25 and 26. So it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. That's the selfishness. Let's go to verse 25 now. Verse 25. Since this is the kind of life that we've chosen... This is a different life. It doesn't have to be the same life that everybody else has. We're not trying to go with the flow. We're not trying to be politically correct. We're not trying. Since this is the kind of life we've chosen, the life of the spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. That means, I highlight this, that means we will, say it with me, not compare ourselves with each other. As if one of us were better and another worse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original See, there's two big lies that lie within with comparison. There are two big lies that lie within comparison. The first lie is this. The first lie is I'm better than. I'm better than. Look what I got. Look what they got. I'm better than. I'm better than him. I'm better than her. I'm better than they are. Lie number one, I'm better than. But the problem with that lie that we're better, that the, the problem there is that it leads to pride and arrogance. It leads to arrogance and pride. Look at James, or excuse me, look at 1 Corinthians 13.4. 1 Corinthians 13.4. Paul penned these words. Love is patient. Love is kind, love is not, or, or, see, when I think I'm better than them, I think I'm better than them, then arrogance and pride sprout up in my life. Lie number one, I'm better than. In comparison, which way do you lean? Do you lean that you're better than other people? Is your nose like this? I mean, look at your purse. Hello, I not you show me a little seventy-five dollar purse? Whatever. And do you even know what, how much this cost? Do you even know where I got that? You got a diamond, great. Do you know where I got this diamond? We we have. Um, I'll just say some friends. Let me say it that way. You, you can't be around in five minutes. And here it comes. You know. You know how to know when someone struggles with comparison and they think they're better they can't celebrate your wins yeah thank you amen amen means let it be so like that's right preach it preacher come on preach shorter preacher we believe in you that's what amen means just in case you wanted I was waiting (laughs) y'all stayed up late last night didn't you Amen. I mean, you, you you get blessed with something. You get the promotion. You get the dream car. You get uh, a new job. And you're making way more money than you were making before. And you can get all you got to do is get around your family. All you got to do is get around your friends. And you'll be able to tell how much they love you. Because if they're not excited for you, they're jealous of you. They're jealous of you. If they don't care about your wins, it's only about their wins, they might be a little arrogant. If you only care about your wins, might be a little arrogant. And lie number one says, I'm better than. And the problem with lie number one is that it leads us to arrogance and pride. And the problem with pride is God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I don't want God stiff arming me. I'm trying to score a touchdown. I want the spirit of God making these feet fast. I'm running a race. I want to pick up the pace. I'm running to win. Riley told me the other day, "It's not. It's not that you win. It's just playing the game and having fun." Who told you that, Riley? <laughs> I have some extra toilet paper, and um, we can take them off our Christmas card list. Lie number two, I'm lesser than. And this is where I struggled because we grew up poor. I remember we had a station wagon. I hope you don't even know what that is. It was big. It was white. It was ugly. No way. Getting around it. And whoever thought that putting the seats in the back so you could look out and see the hash marks going. Yeah, not cool. I remember driving around in that big thing. As a little kid embarrassed. It's bigger than a tank. Just kind of go to school and just kind of slide down the seat. I remember growing up and other kids had the clothes. And, and this isn't self-pity. And this isn't, man, I'm thankful. Actually, I wouldn't change any of it because all of it has made me who I am today. If I change any of it, if I change any of it, then I would have changed all of it. And why would I want to change all of it? Because I'm 40 and life is great. God is good all the time. So that's okay. We all have our stories, don't we? And if we're not careful, those stories can continue to be the stories of our life. In a negative sense, or we can say, you know what, the, the rest is still unwritten. Like, just because I start out there, thank God for humble beginnings. Thank God that Momentum Church, I'm just preach for a minute. Thank God that Momentum Church didn't start with someone writing us a $250,000 check. And someone saying, man, we're going to do this, man. We're going to pay for this for you. We're going to pay for that for you. We're going to comp this. Thank God that it wasn't easy. Thank God that Starbucks was our office for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. You know, I was tempted to bring one of those grandma cushions, you know, there, that wood chair, man, took me back to the wood pews when I was a boy. Thank God for that. Thank God that we had to learn that when Jesus is all you have, you know that Jesus is all you need. Thank God for that. I wouldn't change any of that. But line number two says I'm lesser than. And the problem with line number two is that it leads to jealousy and envy. So you go to your friend's house and you look at everything and all of a sudden everything they have is more expensive than what you have. Or is it? We're talking about value. Where does value come from? Heard the story, um, heard the story that, uh, a well-known, um, well-known store in the mall shut down and and uh, someone went in there and they played a practical joke. They thought it would be awesome. So you know what they did? They switched the sticker prices. They switched them. This was years ago. They do a little bit different. But they peel off the stickers and they put it on different stuff. And then the next morning when that uh, department store opened up, they just kind of watch people go and try to pay. And, and for some people, it was, it was things that was really expensive that all of a sudden was less expensive. Like, that'd be cool, huh? The values got switched. And I would say for you and me that somewhere mentally, which works into relationally, that keeps us from spiritually, that in our minds. When we fall into the comparison trap, when we allow the comparison thief to remain in our life, somehow the values get flipped. They get swapped. They get switched. And we think we're less than. Or we think we're better than. James 3.16 says this. James 3.16. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. I don't want to ask who struggles with envy or jealousy. I want to ask who struggles with pride or arrogance because the truth is, if we're honest, we'd all raise our hands. Right? So how do we get out of this trap? Here is the truth. Let's go back to to Galatians 5, and let's let's hone in on verse 26. Galatians 5, 26. Next slide, please. Next slide, please. There we go. Last verse, verse 26. This means that we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were, say the word, there's the er. And the ER will take you to the ER. One of us were better and another, and instead of worse, let's just say lesser. Can we say that? Is that good English? And another lesser. Next verse. We have far more interesting things to do with our lives. Why? Because each of us is in. There's the truth. The truth. You'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. There is the truth. The truth is that I am not better than or less than. The truth is I am an original. I am God's original. I am God's masterpiece. God don't make junk. He never has and he never will. God never apologized. God never had to start over. God never had to say, well, that's got to be the rough draft because that wasn't good. God never, ever, ever has messed up, making one person. Scripture says that I was fearfully and wonderfully made in my mother's, in my mother's belly. God knew me. God formed me in the womb of. Of my mother, I was made exceptionally well. And when I was born, God said, that is very good. What I'm saying is, you are not the tail, you are the head. You are not lesser than, and none of us are better than. We're just original than. We are each a masterpiece. And you need to receive that. And you need to believe that, because that is the ladder that will get you out of the comparison trap. That is the truth. Galatians 6, let's read two more verses. Galatians 6, 4 and 5. Make a careful exploration of who you are. There it is. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work that you've been given. And then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. People that are impressed with themselves, they struggle with the better. Right? We all know people like that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare. I can't get any more obvious. Don't. Like when God says don't, is there any questions? You say that to your kids? I told my son yesterday, Gavin, don't. But he did. I'm like, but you shouldn't have. Because I said don't. Do You know what don't means? It means don't. When God says don't, do we know what don't means? Why? Because God's trying to protect us from something that could hurt us. So he's not, don't. No, he's, he's, don't, don't. That'll hurt you. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Last week, Katie Jo was up here, and Katie Jo was working on a painting over here, and she's working on a painting over here. Can we turn this around? Is this cool? Isn't that pretty awesome? Isn't that pretty awesome? Now, I started to compare myself to you because I started to say I could never do that. It doesn't take us long, does it? you'd be preaching a message. Isn't that beautiful? Last night at Blackwater, I got up there and at the end we shake all the guys' hands and uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. And several was like, "Man, what was what was she painting? We never got to see the picture." You forgot. I was like, "No, no, no. Come back next week. Whatever it takes." Last week Katie Joe was over here on this one. Are you ready? It's just blank. I'm not sure what happened there. I'll be honest. Now, watch this. Here's the truth. Sometimes we just feel like this. And we look at others like that when God looks at you, God sees a clean slate that he can create the best you you could ever be, and that's what he calls his masterpiece. For some of us fit, we're to yeah. say, you know what, I'm just going to turn the page Time to turn the page for some of us in our life and saying, God, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. God, fill all my empty spaces and all my broken places, and we start new today, God. You write. You create. Your masterpiece in my life. And you know what will happen when you do that? You know what will happen? People look at you and say, now that's what a masterpiece ought to look like. I want to show you a couple pictures and we're out. Will you, um, with the message here, let's pull up the first picture if we can. This is um, a picture Gavin was drawing the other day in Riley's room, Riley has such the crayons and the art, and um actually, that's Jackson Pollux number nineteen. Anyone want to know how, how before we put it up there, how much would you pay for that? Anybody If you had all the money in the world, how much money would you pay for it? nine ninety five Walmart? <laughs> well, you'd be getting a great deal because it's worth fifty eight point three million. Next picture, please. Rothko. Anyone in here heard of Rothko? Rothko. Yeah. Hello. Right. Rothko. Now I'm told that a lot goes into that. That's what I'm told. In fact, Pastor Matt today, back in the green room, was saying, "Now, man. Now, seriously, man, what did you you know? You learn this stuff. There's there's all kinds of stuff got to go into that." And I I had some water in my mouth. I think I like. I was evidently it does. Evidently, it does, because that one's worth 87 mil. Rothko. Now, this last one. My kids are pretty creative. You get all three of them together, throw up the next picture. You get all three of them together. My kids just do stuff like this. I'm pretty awesome, right? I mean, hello. That's pretty cool, right? And I don't even think I could do that. But my kids are pretty creative. But my kids did not draw that $29 million painting. That was Jean-Michel Basquiat, 29 mil for that. Now, watch, watch, watch. We're going to close. Man, I hope this hits home. Watch, watch, watch. Who sets the, the value to that? Who sets the value to that? Who says how much those are worth? The creator or the buyer. You see, that's only worth that much if someone will pay that much for that. Because I can scribble something and say, this 58 mil, trust me, and I give it to you for 5 mil. We just have a blue light special right up in this place today. So I can create... And I can say what the value is, but it's not until someone's willing to say, I will pay that. It's not until someone will say, I'll pay $58.3 million for that. Whatever someone pays is what declares the value of it. And the reason why you may feel like you're this, you wish you were like that. But the very reason why God says, you are my masterpiece, is because he paid the highest price. He didn't pay with silver. He didn't pay with gold. He didn't have to dip into his IRA. Jesus paid with his very blood the highest value of anything ever given ever traded, ever exchanged for. Jesus said, you, you need to hear this today. Somebody needs to hear this today. He said, you, he said, you, he said, you, he said, you are my masterpiece. You are an original. You are not lesser than. You are not better than. You are my then. And I've set you apart. And you don't look like everybody else because I didn't want you to. And you don't think like everybody else because I didn't want you to. When I made the snowflakes, not one of them are the same. When I made the sand, not one of them are the same. When I made your fingerprints, not one of them is the same. I made you a masterpiece, an original. I declare that you are not less You are not the tail. You are the head. You are not the loser. You are the winner. You are not the victim. You are the victor. You are my child. That's the message of Galatians 5. Everyone stand to your feet. Everyone try putting your hands together. It's effective. Just go ahead. Try that. You need that. You need that. I need that. This is the truth, now let's walk in it.